Thank you, David. Yeah, I am Matt. That is me. Um, yeah, the swag that he was talking about, it's, it's no joke, guys. Like you said, you know, just, just do it. So make sure you go to spring break, get that box, wear those sweats, as he said. It's going to be great. But yeah, my name is Matt. Um, I'm going to be speaking to you guys tonight on Philippians 4, chapter 4. I'm so excited to be here uh, just with you guys tonight. Uh, like David mentioned, I'm on the newer side of staff, so my experience with giving talks and things like that has been pretty remote like this, but even just being here in front of you guys on a Tuesday night is so fun. So it's just a huge blessing. Excited for you guys to be with me for the next 10, 20 minutes as I go over Philippians 4. Um, so this has a lot, this chapter has a lot of great verses and themes, and I'm going to be going over a few verses specifically. Uh, one of the passages is titled, Final Exhortations that Paul wrote in this chapter, and to exhort someone is to emphatically urge them to do something, uh, and that's exactly what Paul is doing in this passage. And so I'm going to go ahead and read this passage now. It's verses 4 through 9. So if you guys want to look it up and read along with me or just listen, either way is fine. But uh, here we go. So starting with verse 4 of Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard you. See the difference the tone of the passage can make? It can be so easy to think that Paul is maybe suggesting to a few specific people in some random church a long time ago. But understanding that Paul is urging us, pleading with us, to take these to heart and to take action can completely change the way that we look at this. What makes this passage even better is the fact that Paul wrote this while he was in prison. It makes you wonder two things. One, what kind of mindset does this guy have that he's in prison and he's talking about joy and just rejoicing? And two, how can I get that mindset? Like, that sounds great. Paul is a great example of someone who doesn't let his outer circumstances affect his inner attitudes. So next time your car breaks down, rather than be mad about that or frustrated, be grateful that you even have a car, that it can normally take you places and things like that. You can't normally, you can't most of the time uh, affect the things that like happen to you, but you can always choose how you respond to them, and more importantly, who you reflect in doing so. For the next few moments, I want to go over verses 6 and 7 specifically, uh, which I'll say again really quick. So starting with verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When Paul tells us not to be anxious about anything, this includes everything, not just the one problem you're currently thinking about. Normally, I hear this verse and I think, that's great, I'm gonna stop stressing over, I don't know, whatever it is, maybe it's the quiz on Thursday, or you know, that one thing. And it is honestly a great two minutes without stress until the next problem arises whether it's finances, a test next week, even something like the approval of others, just one thing after another just starts to happen and you just get down in it again and it sucks. Just having all that stress and worry just continue to happen. But when Paul wrote this, he wasn't talking about a one-time pray to God to get rid of all your worries deal. This is a continual, conditional promise. Each time you start to worry, if we present our request to God, then we receive the peace of God. What's great about these verses is that it's not just a happy thought or an encouragement. Paul doesn't give us a random piece of encouragement and leave it there for us to figure out how to accomplish it somehow. 
He urges us not to be anxious and then gives us clear directions on how to do that. In verse six, he tells us that in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He gives us the ways on how to do that. It tells us how and when. And the next verse, verse seven, tells us the reason why, that you can get the peace of God. And trading worry for the peace of God honestly seems kind of like a life hack. And the best part is we all know how to do this now, according to these two verses. And I can say that from experience, this actually works. Around 12 hours ago, I tested it out. Uh, so I woke up around 5.30 this morning to drive my brother and sister-in-law to the airport. Uh, I've been having a little bit of trouble just like sleeping the last week, so I've been pretty tired. And waking up that early this morning didn't really help that too much. Um, so I dropped them off at the airport around 7 and started heading back to Chico. And I was pretty exhausted. I had a busy day ahead of me, including finishing preparing for this uh, and giving this talk tonight. Not only was I stressed about everything going on today, but I was worried about driving home while being so exhausted, you know, since my eyes could like barely stay awake as I was driving back to Chico. And at that moment, when I was having all of those thoughts, um, God really brought it to my heart, uh, Philippians 4, 6. And I just prayed silently for a few moments and I chose to change my perspective and I just gave the day to God and I thanked him for it and just the life that he's given me. And um, rather than thinking of a stress for a busy day, it's, it's wow, like I have so many unique and awesome opportunities that I get to be a part of, like being here with you guys tonight. Within moments, I felt better and not only at peace with the busy day, but excited to take it head on. So next time you're experiencing any kind of anxiety or worry, I urge you to remember these verses and to spend time lifting it up to God. So these verses lead up to verse eight, which is my personal favorite verse of this chapter and probably all of Philippians. This verse is an amazing filter that is incredibly relevant to our lives. And I say that from experience. Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He starts off with six descriptors as I like to call them, which are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. After this, he ends it by adding two more main overarching filters, which uh, is excellent or praiseworthy. And he says to think about those. So I want to ask you guys a couple of questions right now to help you determine uh, if this filter is right for you or I don't know if you even need it. So uh, here it goes. Question one, how often do you think? And question two, would you say that on an average day, you A, have no thoughts, B, have a few thoughts, or C, think pretty often? So if you answered a normal response to either of those, then you need this verse in your life. So you may be thinking, okay, yeah, the filter makes sense, but you might not be sure how or when to use it during your day. Well, here's a short non-exhaustive list of just some, a few areas of life that you might wanna put this filter to the test in. Uh, watching TV, watching movies, listening to music, scrolling through social media, thinking about yourself or others, even worrying, um, all of those different areas uh, this applies to. You might think that there's a lot of gray area with all of these of what's necessarily right or okay or not good. Um, and it could be hard to apply since not every TV show on Netflix has a praiseworthy or not praiseworthy tag on it. Um, but I would actually disagree and say that it is easy to tell. What I found is that if you're a Christian, then having the Holy Spirit with you usually makes it pretty clear what you should or shouldn't be indulging in. Here's an example of how helpful the Holy Spirit can be and of how using this verse as a filter can be extremely helpful. So let's say you have a friend over, it's the weekend, 
Uh, you both decide to just chill, stay in for the night. Maybe you look on Netflix for a movie. So you're scrolling, looking for a movie, and you find a random new Netflix original movie. It looks interesting. Uh, the description's a little weird. It's rated R. Um, but you know, you had some friends watch it last week and they said it was great. So you tend to ignore the little red, fl red flag that's kind of in your mind about watching it or not. Um, you think to yourself and rationalize, you know, sure, there's uh, drugs, strong language, sex, but you know, it's about a couple of rich, attractive teenagers falling in love on the beach. So it's got to be great, right? So you decide to watch it. And it, as it turns out, it's pretty graphic and the language is a lot more than you expected, which negatively affects your mindset for the rest of the day. All right, so if you noticed, the underlying tone of your thought, whether you verbalize it to your friend or not, is actually defensive. No one went up to you and said, hey man, why are you watching this? But you still felt the need to rationalize watching it to yourself. The fact that you did think or say that shows that the Holy Spirit is actually working in you. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. While watching a single R-rated movie might not make a big difference in your life, continually watching or listening to media that doesn't glorify God will come out in different ways, just like Proverbs 4.23 says. One way I've seen this play out in my life has been uh, my experience with listening to music and how it affects my thoughts. In the past, I used to listen to a lot of hip-hop and rap and that style of music, especially in high school, um, with workouts and going on runs and things like that. And recently, I've been trying to get back into working out a little bit more, and I've, I've found that the drive to and from the gym is actually a great time to listen to music. There, so I uh, tend to put on those old playlists every now and then, and there are definitely some good hype songs in there that get me in the mood for working out. Or if I'm leaving, they tend to like, keep me in that workout mindset, which is great. Um, but while there is a certain feeling of gratification while listening to those songs that make me feel good, I realize that regardless of how vulgar these songs are, all they do is make me think of myself as highly as possible, and usually they do that by bringing others down. I could choose to put on worship music and praise God for a multitude of uh, things that he's done each day instead, uh, which I'm currently working on doing instead of listening to those old playlists. So taking these verses I've talked about and applying them to this situation, I can see that one, these songs definitely do not pass the Philippians 4.8 filter. They're not praiseworthy, they're not excellent. So right there, it's already not good. And number two, I'm not helping myself become more Christ-like if I'm choosing to listen to songs that create some sort of selfish pride, according to Proverbs 4.23. So what about you? What area of your life isn't glorifying to God, but could be? You don't have to write it down in the chat, but I would encourage you to spend some time thinking about it. So all of these verses bring us to verse 9. Paul says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul urges us to not just think about these concepts, but to apply them to our lives. Just like how Paul is exhorting this church, I want to wrap up by exhorting you as well to put this into practice. Don't let this be another helpful Tuesday night talk and just to forget about it tomorrow morning. Do something about it. Whether it's memorizing a verse that stood out to you tonight, practicing using the Philippians 4-8 filter, maybe it's writing down Philippians 4-6 and using that to pray whenever anxiety or worry comes up. Whatever it is, I urge you to take some action tonight. I'm going to pray in a minute and invite David and Sarah to come back up. I just want to thank you guys for being here with us tonight, and I hope I pray that God has used this message in some way to stir up change in your life if there needs to be. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for tonight and for this time that we have 
just to learn what it means to have a Christ-like mindset. I pray that you would help us to understand how uh, we take what we've learned tonight and how we can apply it to our own lives. God, we know that you keep your promises and that you will give peace to those of us who believe you right now as we put these truths into practice like Philippians 4.9 says. I also thank you for the fact that these promises can be true for those of us who don't yet believe in you, that we all have this opportunity to have this peace when we do make that decision. I pray that you would be with us and work in our hearts as we make these next steps. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you guys.